You've heard it said that you are what you eat. You've probably also heard clothes make the man. Well, the bottom line is that what you put on you and what you put in you both have an effect on who you are and who you become. And it's really no different with our kids. So who they are, how they act, and what they think and do could be rooted in or at least fueled by the things they see and hear, including the music they listen to. So could there be an inherent danger, maybe even an inherent evil, found in certain songs or certain kinds of music? A danger and an evil that could be profoundly affecting our kids in a negative way? Well, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, and myriad other great thinkers from around the world and down through history seem to think so. In fact, Scottish writer, politician, and patriot Andrew Fletcher is often quoted as having said, Let me make the songs of a nation, and I care not who makes the laws. And today, we'll be talking with one of those like-minded thinkers as we address the rock, rap, and hip-hop elephants in the room. That's today on License to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Now, our goal is to take what we learn each day inside the gates of Shepherd's Hill and share it with you, our hope being that you'll become more intentional as a parent and avoid the need for residential care. And in the process, we hope to bring you some insight on today's culture. Our host is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, uh, this is a subject that we have not touched on in a while, but you and today's guests seem to have a, a mutual understanding about the spiritual nature of music and its effect on human behavior and relationships. I think, though, that a lot of parents seem to overlook, maybe even ignore this topic mm-hmm. and look at it as being eh, pretty much irrelevant when it comes to parenting. Why is that? I don't know. Uh, maybe too many parents are overly concerned about juniors' grades. Uh, you know, as important as grades are, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that in the long haul, grades aren't nearly as important as what junior is being entertained by on a regular basis. Mm. Uh, but that's a much longer conversation uh, to make any sense out of it. Uh, we've been throwing the term systemic around here a lot lately. Uh but I'm going to have to use it again, Rich, because music, and, and, and by music right now, I mean what I'd call dangerous and harmful music, is now systemic in America. Uh, but it's basically the same kind of music that's been shaping the hearts and minds of American kids for decades now, uh, and little kids, no less. It's been used powerfully to give kids uh, uh, appetites for things that they should not have appetites for. But there's also an addictive nature to music, and that's a whole other conversation, too, that we can't get into. But I've had kids tell me that their music is not only like a drug, but that their whole identity is wrapped up in it. And that's why, uh, that's a big reason why uh, kids get so defensive and angry even when, when you, you know, criticize their music. Boy, don't do that. Sure. You're, you're looking for a fight. But it's, it's also why bands like the Insane Clown Posse and other, uh, other bands can influence uh, our kids do some pretty crazy things, uh, up to and including killing their parents. Uh, and by the way, I know that Insane Clown Posse is an old band and, and maybe a bad example for today, but it, it's, it's one I'm familiar with because we've actually had a couple of kids at Shepherd's Hill who had it all planned out that they were going to kill their parents, and it was all because of the influence of this band, mm. basically you know, told them so. Uh, and by the way, folks, if you aren't familiar with the bands, bands like this or, or, or music like this, I'm sure you're familiar with the Manson family, as in Charles Manson, 
they were certainly influenced by music, and that music would have been considered innocuous uh, compared to, to what young kids are listening to today. So the sexual innuendos that, that came out of uh, the rock and roll music of the 1950s morphed into more, uh, more than innuendo in the 60s and 70s, and uh, deeper and darker then, uh, uh, like with occult themes and whatever, they started to take root during that, that point. And then in the 80s and 90s, as rap and hip-hop started taking root, things were taken to a whole new level of blatant, in-your-face violence and what I call musical pornography. Today's guest is going to keep us up to speed about some of the liabilities involved in allowing our kids to have a steady diet of this stuff, and uh, or even the first taste of it, and I'm really glad to have him back. And we would like to avoid that first taste and try to keep our kids from going down the wrong path altogether. Well, let me introduce our guest and bring him into the conversation. G. Craig Lewis has been ministering for over 30 years. He's been pastoring Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas for over a decade now, promoting the message of Christ and fighting against the secularization of God's church. Now, he also leads an organization called EX Ministries. That organization was established to open the eyes of the body of Christ to the deceptions of the enemy. And although he is often called on to speak about the hip-hop subculture, he also shares some great insight on the kingdom of God and God's people being aligned in preparation to reach the world and welcome the return of Christ. So he is a great fit for this conversation and for what this ministry is doing on a daily basis. Uh, G. Craig Lewis, welcome to Licensed to Parent. Uh, It's good to be here with you guys. Well, uh, Pastor Lewis, Right when you think some of today's contemporary music artists couldn't get any sleazier, uh, Cardi B, a self-proclaimed Christian, by the way, uh, comes out with WAP. Uh, Folks, we're not going to go into what that stands for. Uh, You can look it up uh, after the program. Uh, Psalm 12.8 is perfect for this. Uh, uh, The wicked freely sort about when what is vile is honored among men. What have we become as a people? When these kinds of songs are winning Grammys, and all while our kids, uh, and young kids no less, are, are freely and unblushingly humming along with it. Well, you know, it's the Trojan horse of the enemy. Uh, music, I stated this in my very first Truth Behind Hip Hop over 20 years ago, that music is the only thing that can go into the mind of a man and disturb his conscience without his consent. So literally, music can buy, it bypasses your guardian. So your frontal lobe, your whole you know moral code, uh, how you govern yourself can be bypassed by music because what happens is the tones and the frequencies begin to stimulate other parts of you, and it totally uh, diffuses or confuses the message as it's entering. So it's almost like if I hear a beat, if I hear, you know, a a cool melody or whatever, then the lyrics become secondary to my guardian, but they're still played into me to influence me. So it's like the ultimate tool of the enemy is what it is. You know, that that is so very true because um, when I was a a young man in school, I... uh, I took drum lessons, and I, I became a drummer in, in concert bands, but also you know in rock bands and that sort of thing when I was in high school and college. And I remember listening to music, and I was listening just for the musical part, and I would openly say to anybody, I, I don't even know the lyrics. I don't care about the lyrics. I don't pay attention to them. And yet here, 
all these years later, if I hear one of those old songs pop up, somehow amazingly, I know all the words. Mm-hmm. So it's it's absolutely true. It gets into you, and you don't even realize it. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I used to travel and speak this, uh, speak the truth on hip-hop a lot, I would always just test the crowd by saying the best part of waking up, and everyone would say, Folgers in your cup. <laughs> and nobody purposed to learn that. No one, you know, most of the time that was played while you were doing something else during a commercial break. But it still got in. People, you know, the melody actually played the, that little short uh, lyrical clip into your mind. So you can only imagine some of this lewd stuff, how, how it's getting implanted in the, you know, in the spirit of, our, uh, of people. Yep. You know, it's it's not like these blatantly over-the-top artists are, are out there on the fringe anymore, and, uh, and only a handful of kids are actually listening to this stuff, uh, like some of the punk rock cults of a few decades ago. Th- this type of trash is like uh, nine out of the top ten best-selling songs today, maybe ten out of ten. Why are so many parents not just allowing their kids to listen to this stuff, but singing along with their kids? Well, you know, it's the discipline of it all, you know, it's, uh, it's because so many parents are carnal, or they have what they want. It's just really, really hard to teach the "do as I say, not as I do" kind of doctrine in the home. So, if the parents are listening to old school Earth, Wind, and Fire, or old school, you know, uh, the Isleys, or just whatever they're listening to. It's it's just as perverted. There is, yeah. you know, it, it's just as bad. But in order, you know, for them to have what they have, they, you know, have to kind of cater to the music of the day because they know their kids are going to think that music is dated. So it's almost like a parent would really have to take a stance on, on themselves, their own music collection, before they could really, you know, hone in on what the dangers of the kids' music is. I think I think you just hit on something really important because I hear so many parents say, you know, I used to listen to stuff like that, and uh, which, by the way, they didn't because they didn't make stuff like that back then, but they did listen to some pretty dangerous stuff. Uh, I used to listen to stuff like that, and I turned out okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you're justifying poisoning your kid at a whole different level because you listen to some stuff that you think you turned out okay. First of all, you're still turning out. Uh, Mister <laughs> or Ma'am, yeah. you haven't turned out yet, you know. And how many issues are you having with your kids, with your spouse, with yourself, with your God, uh, that uh, uh, stem from the the hocus pocus that you actually been entertained by uh, all these years? Things that grieve the heart of God, and now you don't want to step in, and 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 maybe you think you're a hypocrite because you know you're gonna not gonna let your child listen to something that your parents didn't want you listening to. Uh, I, I say, you know what, past the past, you you got to turn up the wick a little bit with your parenting responsibilities, and you say. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. And the other thing you have to remember is, you know, back in the day when music was, you know, you, you may have listened to some things you shouldn't listen to. How How often did you do that, and what other things were you doing? We're talking about a generation now that walks around with literal headphones on all day. Yep. So every game they play has this music in it. Every video they watch, the children's movies have these um, these songs in them. So it's almost like you know they're they're inundated with it. It's not like it was back in the day where you would hear a song or play a record, and then when the record was over, you would go read a book or something like that. These kids hear it 
They see it on TV. It's, I mean, it's occupying their whole, their whole day. And the music is a lot worse now. I mean, I mean, oh there's no, no doubt about that. It's, it's way more blatant. No hidden messages. You don't have to play it backwards. It's bad forwards. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, unblushingly too. I mean, the bigger surprise to me is that they're as, as sane as they are, and and of course we know that systemic mel- mental illness. Is, is all over uh, America right mm-hmm. now. But, uh, yeah. Have you, have you, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say one, one thing that surprises me about the, the arguments we were discussing a moment ago about, hey, I listened to this stuff and I turned out okay. I'm sure that there are many, many things that all of us would be embarrassed about in our past. You know, if we look back, it's like, oh, wow, I wish I'd never done that. Well, mm-hmm. just because we did that and survived it, does that mean that we should therefore turn around and say to our kids, well, hey, I did it and I survived. You can do the same thing. No, we yeah. want better for our kids. That's kind of been the right. parenting mantra. I want my kids to, to have it better, to turn out better than I did. I was yeah, to be that's here. a great point. Our guest today on License to Parent is Pastor G. Craig Lewis. He's the pastor of Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. Also the leader of EX Ministries. And you can learn more about his work at exministries.com. We're going to take a quick break here on License to Parent and be back with more conversation about music and the way it affects you and your kids. And, uh, G. Craig, I'll give you a a little bit of warning. I want you to walk us through some good ways to choose the right kind of music when we come back. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more Licensed to Parent in a moment. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall to be completed by the end of the year, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherd's Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. Shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. That's shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Helpmytroubledteen.org.
You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. And as we've said before, Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program working with teens in crisis and by extension with their families. And one of the reasons we have this program is to help you become a bit more intentional as a parent in the way that you're raising your kids so that you won't ever need the help of a residential facility beyond perhaps just listening to this program. And today we're talking specifically about music and the effects that it has on our lives and our kids' lives and how to make the right choices. Our guest is Pastor G. Craig Lewis. He's the pastor of Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. He's also the leader of EX Ministries. You can find more about his work at exministries.com. And uh, Trace, this uh, this is not new territory for us here on the program, but it's something that we probably need to cover a lot more frequently. I think so. I really do. Uh, Pastor Lewis, most musical artists will tell you that, that uh, all music is fundamentally spiritual in nature. Uh, why would the creators of music, whether it's good music or bad music, say this? If it wasn't true, well, you know, it's because of the influence that it has, but it's also, you know, that's biblical as well because the Bible tells us in Isaiah 14 and 11 that, you know, Lucifer, who is the devil, had vials in his body and it spoke about the noise of his vials being silenced because he was able to produce frequency uh, uh, sounds. And because he's a light being, um, and we, if you understand frequency, you understand that light and sound are both measured on the same scale of the light spectrum. It's just, you know, you can even get a piano and you can play, you know, middle C. And as you go up octave after octave after octave, I forgot how many, uh, it slips my mind, how many octaves you have to go up before that sound actually turns into light. And so mm. that's how light and sound is measured. Uh, and so... Because he's a light bearer or a light being, he was able to influence the nations with frequency, with sound. And that's how he able, was able to influence a third of the angels to follow his, his agenda. And, um, you know, we'll only know once we get to heaven how, how they communicate up there. But I, I guarantee you it has something to do with the fact that God said, you know, let there be light. And when he said that, he wasn't talking about the sun or the moon. He created the light spectrum, which is where... All of our frequencies, everything that is happening in the world is, is, is related to that. The way we cook things, the way we hear things, the way all of that is on the actual, you know, light spectrum frequencies. Well, I know Rich wants to ask you a question here. I'm trying, I want to just horseshoe uh, or uh, shoehorn <laughs> one quick one in here. I, I talked about good and bad. I used the term good and bad music. Maybe I should have said good and evil music because bad music can be conflated with not well-written or, or, or not well-performed. Uh, can a well-written and well-performed song actually be an evil song? And, and if so, how so? Well, you know, the way I do it, I'm... <laughs> I, you know, I believe we all have different styles, like you were saying, that we like or that we enjoy. Um, but if the message in the music it has evil intent, um, I, I, I think that will make it evil, no matter how melodious it is or how well put together it is. If the message is contrary to scripture or contrary to the word or, you know, God's expectations for our behavior, I think that's when it, you know, becomes evil. And uh, so, you know, what I do, I have a 15-year-old son who is just now really getting into music or whatever, and he likes rap music. Um, 
I actually have produced a couple of rap albums here at our church. But what we do when we make the music is we just make sure that we aren't using any, you know, um, anything that is evil or any, you know, um, lyrically it is sound based biblically. It can be understood what is being said, what is being done. And we even have to be careful with the beats and different things to make sure that we aren't doing frequency augmentation to where it begins to make you feel a certain way, feel bad or feel down because you can do that with frequency. Um, in any style of music. Yeah, and when you go back to like American Bandstand, I mean, Dick Clark asked these kids, what really grabbed you about the music? Every every answer was the beat, it's the beat, it's the beat. Yeah. And I think there's certain beats and rhythms and chord progressions that are more carnal than others that, that, that uh, attract, uh, we are attracted and stimulate some of the lowest uh, part of who we are humanly without a, without a word in the equation. Just ask Barry mm-hmm. White. Right? <laughs> well, and I, I wanted to jump in on this. This was sort of the question I was going to be asking is, what do we do ourselves to to establish good discernment in our homes uh, for choosing music? Because, uh, you know, you were talking about, you know, do the lyrics uh, basically honor what Christ would teach or do they dishonor? Do they, do they push you toward uh, being godly in your life or do they uh, pull you away from it? That's looking at the lyrics, though, and, and Pastor, I know that you also believe that the music itself, as you were just saying, has its own spiritual component to it. And for mm-hmm. anybody who doubts music's effect, at least on your inner being, think about watching um, your favorite movie. More than likely, it's got a soundtrack to it, and that music um, it may become dissonant when it's trying to create a darker tone or a darker feeling. Or You, know, you can tell by the music that, that the murderer is about to come in through that side window. You, know, you, can, you can tell just by watching and listening to this. So how do we discern the spiritual nature of the music itself? Well, I believe that, that you know, the most important element in that is being filled with the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Spirit, something's going to get by you. Something's going to trick you. It's going to bypass you. So you need the Holy Ghost to control your frontal lobe or be your moral guardian. And that is the beauty of it. The Bible says that, you know, uh, the Holy Ghost, if you have or if you feel with it, no man has to teach you, meaning that it's going to give you some things that, you know, even if you're not taught or if you're not well-versed in it, it will give you things. It will give you warnings. It will give you signs. He will give you, you know, what you need to, 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 to make those decisions. And so I listen to music with my son. We ride around. I, I let him play his playlist. I don't even play what I want to hear I want, because I want to hear what he's listening to. If there's something objectionable or whatever, we'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. And, uh, you know, I, but I allow the Holy Spirit to even lead me in moments where maybe I'm not talking to him. Maybe he'll show me something in a dream or I wake up in the morning. God will say, hey, there's something going on. So we have to rely fully, I believe, on on the power of the Holy Ghost. I, I think you're absolutely spot on with that. You know, I, I, kids ask me all the time, how do you know the difference between good and, and evil music? And I said, sometimes, I said, well, first of all, I said, you want the spiritual answer or the mechanical answer? The spiritual answer is, I don't know, but I know it when I hear it. All right, and that goes back to what you just said. Yeah, the spiritual mm-hmm. part of the equation. If you want the mechanical answer, I'll say, well, if it gives you negative feelings about yourself, God, or your fellow man, probably not. You know, probably not a good song. Uh, if mm-hmm. it gives you positive feelings about yourself, 
your God or your fellow man, you know, probably okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, the Bible does give a precedent. Uh, Jesus said, we played a dirge for you. You did not mourn. We played a flute for you. We, you, you did not dance. So it, it, it goes down to where certain instruments. I mean, how much circus music have you heard at, at a funeral? Uh, Braveheart, the movie Braveheart. Uh, you don't you don't see William Wallace charging across the fields in Scotland to the tune of the Munsters. You know, you know, you don't you don't hear that. Uh, there's there's distinguishing music that that reinforces the message that the movies actually. How many movies would you not have cried at if it wasn't for the music in the background? But does one have to have a special discernment for understanding music to be good or evil, or is it a matter of a person just not wanting to believe? That a particular song that happens to be very appealing to their depraved carnal nature, you know, really isn't good for their spiritual or emotional health. I mean, do we have to have a special discernment, or can anyone sort this out? Well, I think anyone can sort it out if they have a relationship with the Lord, and that's the thing. You know, people don't realize there's a specific element to having a relationship with the Lord, and that is fortitude. You got to have fortitude to be able to stand in an evil and wicked day, to not worry about fitting in, to not worry about looking strange, to not worry. You know, Christianity is counterculture. And that's why I'm so against hip hop culture, because Christianity is the counter of that. So you have to have a certain amount of spiritual moxie to be able to stand up to, you know, the naysay or, or not fitting in with the crowd or, you know, objecting to things that the world is not objecting to. And that's what people have left out. They've made Jesus just so soft and made Christianity so, you know, cotton ballish until they don't want to stand strong on these things. But this is something the devil's not going to stop challenging you with. You, you've got to stand strong on this and say, hey, I'm, I'm just not going to listen to it. And, you know, I don't care what anyone thinks. I think that's the bottom line. I think we've got too many people you know, claiming the name of Christ who want to live like hell and expect heaven for a reward. It just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, I'm afraid our time has run out for today, but uh, I want to say a special thanks to today's guest, Pastor G. Craig Lewis. He's Absolutely. the pastor of Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. And uh, we mentioned also that he uh, heads up a ministry called EX Ministries. Uh, Pastor, can you give us uh, just a a brief note on what EX Ministries is all about? Yeah, EX Ministries, it's the prefix EX. You put it before, whatever you put it in front of, it changes what it once meant. So if you were... uh, into the hip-hop culture, now you're ex-hip-hop culture. If you're into, you know, being a gangster, you're an ex-gangster. Just whatever it is, once, you know, once Christ transforms you, you're not that anymore. And so we just believe in putting the EX in front of people and, and, you know, people being delivered from their past. That's awesome. Well, if you'd like to find out more about it and about his work there, you'll find it at EX Ministries. That's plural with an S on the end, exministries.com. And Pastor Lewis, thanks so much for being on Licensed to Parent with us today. You are welcome. Thank you, sir. Now, as we say at the start of just about every program, Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of our parent ministry, Shepherds Hill Academy which provides year-long Christ-centered residential programs for teens that doesn't just focus on getting the teens back on track because we know that that in and of itself isn't going to be enough. In fact, we work with the entire family to heal relationships and develop healthy home environments for these kids to return to. Our team shows what living out a biblical worldview looks like on a day-to-day basis in front of these kids and helps hurting families to do the very same. And the success stories are absolutely amazing. 
If you'd like to learn more about our ministry and if you'd like to find some free resources that we have to offer or if you think your family could benefit from our residential program, please visit us online at LicensedToParent.org. Again, LicensedToParent.org. There you'll find links to Shepherd's Hill Academy and our many other resources, including the past conversations like the one that we've had today. And I hope that that'll be very helpful to you. My thanks to our guest coordinator on License to Parent, Daniel Fazina, and to our technical producer, Carl Peets. For our host, Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you back again next time for more insight for today's culture and another opportunity to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.